Hey there, thanks for coming to visit old Barb the River Maid. You want me to tell you what you missed? Alright. Ari, what? What is the wild? Is that this this forest? Is that Tate's Hell? There is a world beyond the veil of your own. A world of untold wonders. This is Ignis. You could say my companion, my partner. Your pet? Never. We see Agent Ari Green driving Deputy Payne's police car away from the paper plant. Suddenly the car drives straight into some bushes off the road and disappears. We see a carrot cake on a table with birthday candles. I'm sure it was apple. A trampoline outside in the rain. We never had a trampoline. You hear the voice of a woman calling, this is Ari, cold. come inside. I would go up to him and, and pull him up. Thank you, Retta. Uh, come again. You are in the wild and you're older now and you're sparring as Goodfellow watches you. The fawn charges at you and you try to get out of the way but he clips your shoulder. Goodfellow walks over and he fixes your arm with fey magic. It's alright, Ari. We are your family now. Ari, were you just uh, talking to that thing? It has a child. They're coming to hurt you and the baby. I can get it out. I can get it all out. I... Just trying to get Ray Ray to the water. And I will try to get us out of here when we do. Do you trust me? I mean, right now, I think I have to. I'm, I'm going to jump out of the truck off the side of the bridge. The lights project this magical energy onto these palm trees, and the space between them starts to swirl and ebb, and the truck disappears in between these two trees. we left you guys Ari and Payne had driven into a passage to escape these uh, tech warriors <laughs> they have a name <laughs> gear gear and um, Ray Ray had swim swammed on home <laughs> so Ray Ray you're back at the retreat you have this egg where do you bring the egg? Uh, I'm going to head back towards the other side of my retreat, back into the woods, towards Barb's and past Barb's, because I'm heading to, there's a very big lake well back into the woods. Cool. Do you go through the mundane part of your retreat, or do you just head right into that area? <clears throat> I head right, right into the area. Cool. I'm not trying to show off this uh, cryptid egg. <laughs> Fair. So you you get this egg situated wherever you're going to put it. Um, well, I mean, do you put it like underwater? Do you put it sort of like on the shore where it's partially submerged? Yeah, I'd probably put it like close to the shore, like kind of tucked away. So yeah, you get this egg situated and then you... 
I don't know how to describe it. You kind of feel a presence, and you look over, and you see Jimbo. Would I be a gator right now? Uh, I would say it's up to you, because you were a gator when you came here, but uh, you've been out of the water for a few minutes, so you, you might have calmed down. Yeah, I'm probably probably calm at this point. You, you probably still have a certain amount of adrenaline because of the craziness of the uh, the chase you just experienced, but you would have traveled far to get here and had time to kind of chill out about it. Yeah. Jim, what the hell are you doing out here, man? Hey, brother. <laughs> uh, did you? No, it's been too too long of a day. I'm going damn crazy. How are you doing? Uh, when he when he talks, he doesn't move really at all. But his his mouth just like very slowly opens and then closes. It does. It's not. It doesn't move with his words. It just opens and then closes. Are are you talking to me right now? Yeah. Have you been able to talk this whole time? Jim. <laughs> I need to sit down. The Jim. Yeah, you're Jim. No. The Jim. The Jim. Yeah. Oh. Bang. You all right? Yeah, I'm fine. How'd you get out? The door. <laughs> so this is how, uh, I guess Mama used to have you run around, huh? Yeah. Uh, can all, can all of you do this? Mm, with the gym. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> and, and you, <laughs> wait, you just not got it. <laughs> You you look down and you see that your the gem around your neck, the green gem that you found that was your mother's, is it's glowing every time you speak to Jimbo or Jimbo speaks to you. Well, uh, well, Slim Jim, it's good to good good to finally talk to you. Um, <laughs> that's what Mama called me. <laughs> hey, can you do me a favor? Yeah, I need to get back to the retreat. But we gotta keep this egg safe. Okay. Just just for a little bit. Can y'all uh can you help me out with that, bud? That's a big egg. Yeah, don't try to get on it. Okay. Oh and hey, for fuck's sake, don't bite it. It looks good. That's so bad for you. Okay. I can't keep trying to fix your teeth, man. Alright. I'm already gonna take that damn horse out of the pen. <laughs> Well, uh, all right, I'm going to run, make sure everything's okay at the retreat and call some friends. I'll be right back. Sounds good. E yeah. <sighs> well, this is a day. And I will run back to the retreat to see if Ari and Sarah are on their way back or if I can get in contact with them. Uh, how do you try to contact them? They're not there. I mean, I'll try calling Ari, I guess, at first. Um, yeah, I think that his phone would not ring. I think it would go straight to his voicemail, which has certainly not been set up yet. Okay. Don't really know what to do in regards to that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I would assume I'd try to call Sarah and it's the same situation. Yep. She at least probably has a voicemail set up, though. Uh, I'll just text him. I'll probably text Ari. I got the egg back to the retreat. I need you to meet me back in the back. It's pretty late, so there's no one out. You probably, during the day, have 
some, you know, rooster would be busy and things, um, kind of repairing the damages from the hurricane. Your retreat still looks a little bit dilapidated. But yeah, if you don't have anything else, we are going to go back to Ari and Sarah, unless you have something you want to do. Yeah, I don't really have anything else. Um, I probably will be hanging out. Like, I'll go back to the back towards Barb's and towards the lake. Cool. Just to make sure Gears doesn't come flying around. Makes sense. And that's all I got. Okay. Ari and Sarah, you guys come to after a cacophonous crash. There was a lot of sound. There was sirens. And you ramped up into the portal. Now you wake up and you see that you're still in the truck, but it has crashed into some sort of structure. The windows of the truck are shattered. You see enormous snowflakes. They're coming down from the sky, but more in the way that snow falls in a cartoon, like you see the design of a snowflake. Each one is completely unique. Some of them are about the size of a grapefruit. Some of them are like the size of a large dinner plate. But they're all falling towards the ground, which is blanketed in snow. You seem to have crashed into some kind of a small house in a village that's in a forest. Goddamn, Rooster's gonna be so mad. I think the house got it worse. Are you okay? I think so. Are you okay? Sorry. That was... It was the only way to get away. Well, I mean, I hope Ray got back to the retreat. Ray Ray is nothing if not resourceful. We need to remove this truck from the house so that we can get back. Make sure we didn't hurt anybody. <laughs> can I reverse? Um, I feel like it's like <laughs> Wizard of Oz, like our car is sticking out of the side of a building. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like, yeah, the back of your car is kind of at an upslant kind of going out of mm -hmm. this house. Oh. You hear this. You hear... <clears throat> and you turn to see a small gnomish-looking woman, and she looks at you, and she's kind of tapping her foot. We apologize for the disturbance. Oh, you apologize. Ah, I bet you do. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Are you laughing at me right now? N no, I'm fighting tears. You crashed this, what is this, a spaceship or a... a some kind of a hor a weird horse? Yes. <laughs> can you get it out of my damn house so I can get to fixing it? Absolutely. We will certainly take care of that for you with anyone injured. I mean, I'm right here. I live in this house, and I'm fine. But I'd like to sleep in my house tonight. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. We will get it out of your way as soon as we can. Like, right, right now. We're not going anywhere. You better. You what? Where are you? Where are you from? You ain't from around here. I'd show her the badge. <gasps> the goddamn FAE. You summer and spring court fools are always mucking around in the winter court where you don't belong. I'm. I'm gonna send a complaint. I'm gonna send a formal complaint. King Jack's not gonna like this. Oh. King Jack. You work for the FAE and you don't know that Jack Frost is the king of the Winter Court. Oh, God. Sarah, we need to leave immediately. We need to get this truck and we need to leave. Is it like a story up from us? Yeah, I mean, you could leap down. 
Where are we? Wait, where are we now? Are you saying we're still up in the car? Yeah, if you're... Okay. Uh, we didn't yeah. get ejected from the car. I've been imagining us on the ground this whole time. No, you come to in the vehicle. You still oh, okay, see okay. the rune that you burned into the dashboard. And she's like standing in her bedroom. <laughs> okay. I thought we were all outside. That's why <laughs> funnier. That's okay. <laughs> Let's get out of the vehicle and then see what we can do, Sarah. All right. Can we get out into the house and walk down the gnome stairs? <laughs> uh, she's not going to like it. <laughs> okay. Then we'll hop out <laughs> carefully. I will. Jump down first and then help Sarah down if she needs it. You need some rope or something? Get this thing out of my house. Do you have rope? That would be very helpful, actually. A rope hits you in the head. She just tosses it out of her house at you. Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to start drawing a rune in the snow beneath me. The last mystery technically ended, right? So do we start over? Technically, between mysteries, you heal, but... No time has passed, so we'll keep your arm. Yeah, just making sure. Sarah, why are you hiding your power from us? I, I don't know what you're talking about. Sarah, your power is unlike your father's. I felt fear when you healed me. There is something in you, something giving you power, something dangerous. What is it, and where did you get it? I mean, I don't... I don't really know how magic works, man. This is just how it is. The truck ain't moving. (laughs) (laughs) This sort of magic takes time, please. A moment. Uh, I mean, you, you don't even remember what my dad's magic was like. How do you know it's not like it? We all saw it in the mirror. I felt it when he healed me, and I felt it when you healed me. These gifts are not one and the same, Sarah. And I'm going to step out from the circle that I've drawn around Sarah's feet, and I'm going to try to banish a curse from her body. Oh, God. Interesting. Okay. Roll, use magic. Well, that was Snake Eyes. (laughs) Plus three. No. He's going to get real mad. (laughs) You know, I'm calling pain on her bullshit, and I called pretty hard. I'm going to mark experience. (laughs) Sarah, you, you cough suddenly, and... You know, as a reflex, you go to sort of rub your throat, but then you realize that you don't you don't have control over your limbs. Oh, great. You're looking straight at Ari. You are probably darting around your eyes trying to avoid eye contact during this conversation. But now you're looking directly at him. You can't move your eyes. You're looking straight, straight on looking at him in the face. And and Ari, you see her jaw kind of hang open. And her face is kind of tilted forward in sort of a weirdly menacing way. Sarah. And you hear coming from Sarah a voice that is not hers. Ari Green, you would do well to not mess with magics of which you know little. I must say I am not pleased to see you again. And then, Sarah, you suddenly have control over your body again. Was I conscious to that? Yeah, you heard it. Oh, you heard the devil. Okay. I thought you were not conscious to that. Okay. Yeah, she was like a passenger in her body. I I didn't have a choice. It was it was the only way that we could get out of Tate's hell. I I had to do something to save you and Ray. 
Sarah, you know that if Seab finds out, he will likely kill you. You now are a piece of this devil. It resides in you, it lives in you, and all he wishes to do is destroy it. I mean, are you going to tell him? I did it for you. No, Sarah. It is not my secret to tell. And then, Sarah, you notice that during this conversation, the snow has stopped falling. It's, it's, it's frozen in place. You don't hear the gnome woman anymore calling to you, hurrying you to get this truck out of her house. The once-falling snowflakes are just hanging there in the air, and you see these beautiful designs as each one is giant in terms of what you're used to in the overgrown. But then breaking this eerie silence, a pale blue lance of energy streaks across the horizon, piercing the still snowflakes and blasting directly into Ari's midsection. In time with the impact, the surrounding snow jolts back into its descent and starts falling normally once again. What do you do? The fuck? Did that really just happen, or am I just, like, envisioning this? He has fallen to the ground. I guess I will rush to Ari. He's physically unresponsive. His body is cold to the touch. Uh, You can see in his eyes, though, which are open, that he's sort of, they're sort of darting around as if he's haunted by some reverie. What the fuck? A cacophony of memories rush to the forefront of his mind simultaneously. Thoughts of his mission, thoughts of his family, thoughts of his friends. We see Sarah standing in the cold snow above her falling companion. A pale blue smoke rises from her mouth and nose as she collapses onto the ground. From Ari's jacket pocket, we see Ignis fly frantically between Sarah and Ari, wailing a distressed tone. Ray. You're sitting behind the retreated barb shack, phone in hand, and awaiting the return of your friends. Before it's even consciously apparent to you, your preternatural senses notice the immediate drop in temperature. Your breath becomes visible in the air, Ray, and before you can react, we see you exhale a final breath, pale and blue from your mouth and nostrils as you collapse to the floor beneath you. Now, in Picket, which has been mostly flattened by the hurricane, we see Seab Tate, Lending a hand, picking up wreckage, fixing what needs to be fixed. Seeb, you notice the distinct tinge of fey magic twinkling around you. The quickly frosting air begins to bite at the tips of your fingers and nose as the overwhelming stillness of the winter court settles around you. What the hell? You settle into the corner of the room, calmly closing your eyes as the pale blue breath leaves your mouth and your body slowly slouches against the wall. We see the three trails of blue smoke coalesce around Ari Green, and all at once they are with him. Though you are all now seasoned travelers, this journey is unlike anything the three of you have ever experienced. Once entering the wild, there is a sense of comfort, of warmth, and a deep feeling of that tangible connection to the magic flowing all around you. What is currently washing over you is far flung from that sensation. Everything in your being, even your thoughts, are cold. Though you are separated from your corporeal forms at this moment, you can still feel the beginnings of frost collecting on where your skin should be, building slowly and painfully around your nose and eyes, even chapping your non-existent lips. The complete lack of all things is almost entirely suffocating. Until it isn't. The feeling clears and you're now outside, standing upon a small hill that is adorned in all things autumnal. 
Peafowls flock and roost around the grounds. Peafowls, peafowls, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> what? Peafowls flock. Peafowls. There's piss everywhere. <laughs> you know what a, pea, a, peafa, a peacock, a peafowl, male it's and female peacock. peacocks. Yeah. But a peacock what? is peacock. only a male. I had no idea. Yeah, I've word. I've never heard this word before. I've never I've heard, heard it. I've always just known them as peacocks. Hey, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to say this word right. Peafowls flock and roost around the ground. <laughs> does, it, does it sound last, any better? It doesn't sound peafowls. any better. Last time I got peed on, I had to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a peafowl. <laughs> mm, I get it. Mm, peafowl. I can't. Okay, I, I can't say it. You have to come up with a different bird. No, I, I'm changing the word. I'm gonna change the word. That's completely peacock. No. No. <laughs> Don't not. tell me what to do. Because peacowl is so much better. It's the no. right word. Leave me alone. I'm changing it. <laughs> I didn't know that word was going to be so hard to say, even though I've read this aloud a hundred times. Exotic birds flock and roost around the grounds you can see. Is that a is that a peafowl? <laughs> Ray Ray, oh, is that a, is that a peafowl? Okay. Oh, this this one's a green peafowl. <laughs> God. <laughs> Oh, God. Who knew one sentence would completely derail? <laughs> Exotic birds flock and roost around the grounds, and you can see but not feel a gentle breeze kicking up dried leaves around you. There is an imposing sign reading Montauk State Park, hanging between two wooden posts and swinging softly. Its chilled chains creak loudly against the silent scene before you. Just beyond the signage lies a half-timbered, single-storied homestead, seemingly crash-landed, standing off-balance in the park. Its single-post metal mailbox lies horizontal amidst the long grass before it. So you three are here, but when you move, you can see delay. If you move your hand in front of your face, almost like, almost like you're watching a 3D movie without glasses on, you see through yourself a little bit, and as you check your body moving your hands, you see that you are, in fact, all wearing black suits. What do you do? Am I in gator form? Do you want to be? Oh my god, a gator in a suit. I feel like I should be. I mean, that's, yeah. That's up to you, big guy. Does Ari want me to be? Aren't I? Isn't that the whole whole premise? Ari might know you better as a gator than a man. Yeah, so I feel like it would make sense that I appear in gator form. And your suit is perfectly tailored to your gator body. That's amazing. (laughs) It has a hole for your tail already. I would like to say that Sarah looks badass in a suit. Oh, totally. Ray has sunglasses. I'm not sure why. (laughs) Makes sense to me. Uh, Seab also, since since we're adding details, Seab also looks... um, Fantastic. I mean, not in like a he looks... (laughs) hot kind of way but like he looks younger (laughs) and he looks less tired like every time you've seen him he's had bags under his eyes and his skin is more weathered than it has any right to be but now he looks like a very healthy very alert uh you know 30 something year old man and while you're all looking at each other you can see sarah you can check your jacket and see that your gun is strapped under your shoulder Ray Ray, you still have Stella with you. I don't know where you hold Stella. I imagine it's like in your boot. No, I got a holster on. 
and see if you have your equipment as well. Ray Ray, Sarah, we we don't belong here. What uh what's what's going on? I think for the moment we are passengers. On what? Yeah, what exactly does that mean? I, I was just by the lake. Is Ari here? Like Ari is not there. The sign says Montauk Point. This isn't far from where Ari grew up, where I first met him. But I I just watched Ari get like shot with like a piece of ice or something. I don't I don't understand what's happening. That's why I say we are passengers perhaps for now. We should wait to see what he wants to show us. <sighs> And I think with that, you all hear the front door of that house slam shut. The gnome lady's house? No, the house oh, on okay. its side in oh, front yeah, of you. Okay. Oh, the house is on its side? It's like, it's not on its side, it's angled. But as you look at the house now, it is standing straight up and the mailbox is upright out front of it. I guess this isn't the weirdest thing that's happened today. Well, Sarah, if I was ever right about one thing, we have definitely been abducted by aliens. <laughs> and now we're the men in black. <laughs> so I'd just like everyone to take a minute and say, Ray, you were right. It's definitely aliens. <laughs> Seab walks away towards the house. <laughs> <laughs> I sh- shake my head at Ray Ray and follow Seab. <laughs> As you all approach the house, you can hear commotion from inside. You hear... People clapping and cheering coming from within. Seeb, you said you you met Ari before? My memories are incomplete, but I was I met him as an agent. I helped to train him, yes. This is all very confusing. <laughs> they have technology beyond our wildest dreams, Sarah. That's just <laughs> <laughs> Keep it going. I wonder how long Ray will think this is aliens. <laughs> <laughs> Until the day he dies is the That's answer. <laughs> All right, well, if no one else approaches, I'm going to kind of like peek in one of the windows without going in front of the window, like trying to peek in as subtly as possible. Roll, read a bad situation. Oh, no, one of my dice is stuck on a point. I haven't rolled in so long. My whole life, I've gone without rolling. You guys forgot how. Okay, that's sharp, so six plus one is seven. Hold one. I'm going to say what's my best way in, just because we're not in there yet, and I don't know what I'm seeing. You look through the window, and you can see a kitchen table. There's a large cake on top of a cake stand in the center of the table. You know that the front door is right there. The window that you're looking through is not locked. You can see a lock on it, but it is currently unhinged. What you do see is a humanoid shape from behind the birthday cake move quickly towards the back of the house. So you're saying the best way in is through the window, but but I just saw something move. Yeah, I'll go through the window. Sure. It's weird. Does Ray see a door? There's a front door, yes. He's just going to go to the door. That makes a lot of sense. I don't know what this weirdo is doing, but I'm just going to walk in the door. Is the door unlocked? Yes. Oh, well. It, it, it's unlocked, man. We could have just... <laughs> Do people usually use doors and not windows here? 
well, you know, doors are the window to the soul or something like that. I don't know. Uh... Sarah, are you also going into the house? Yes. Uh, you all enter into this homestead and see a kitchen in front of you. There is a plastic jack-o'-lantern tipped over on the table and candy spilling out from it onto the kitchen table, and there are plastic bats and paper ghosts hanging all around the kitchen. What do you do? You said paper ghosts and bats? Yes. <laughs> is it Halloween? Is it like baseball bats or like animal bats? Animal bats. <laughs> I, I, okay, Good you question. can infer from ghosts that you never know. Baseball it could be a very ghosts. specific sports-themed birthday party. Yeah, Ari's definitely one for a sports-themed birthday party. <laughs> yeah, you got yeah. him in a, in a nutshell. <laughs> I saw a shadow head towards the back this way. Sarah's got her hand on her gun. <laughs> I knew it. Whose house is this? What was that? Uh, trick or treat. Trick or treat. Trick or treat. This is my worst nightmare. <laughs> What's trick happening? Trick or treat. Trick or treat. Trick or treat. Uh, trick or treat. <laughs> we're, we're all out of candy. You just hear these voices overlaying trick each other, treat. yelling trick or treat trick outside or the front treat. door. Give him a wild bite. The front door is like shaking. It's knocking so loud. Uh, can someone get that? I'm not sure I want to. I head back towards where I saw the shadow go. I'm going to follow Sieb. Okay. I will also follow. Awesome. You all leave the door, and as you, Ray, as you turn, the noise just stops. The three of you head towards the back door, and Sieb, you open it. And what you see when you open it is the interior of a house. And there are two people standing in the doorway. One is dressed like a king, and the other is dressed like a fairy. Their faces are blank, and then they're there, and then they change, and then they're blank again. Oh, how cute you all look. A little police officer and a little dinosaur. You see this woman dig her hands deep into a candy bowl down to her elbows and she pulls out a bountiful handful of wild bites and they just start cascading from her hands in front of you and as they do the door slams closed she called you a dinosaur you ain't got any like snickers or (laughs) i'll calmly pick up a few wild bites and put them in my pocket i'm not sure you should eat that man are they real? I don't think anything's real, Sarah. We may be part of a simulation. <laughs> Goddamn right. I've really got to stop listening to that fucking podcast. You've been listening to Johnny's podcast? I mean, he's got some interesting stuff on it. I don't know. All right. After you, see. And then, yeah, I try to open the door again. Uh, yeah, you open it and you can see out of the back of the house there are sprawling green hills with long flowers growing out of them. And you see running through this grass and flowers, there is a small humanoid wearing a big round hat with a long scarf flowing behind him. How by big round hat? It looks abnormally large on this small humanoid. Do you know that kid? See? I know him as well as you do. As, as you say that, Seeb, you can all see 
a blue light in the distance in front of the child, and then it disappears and he runs in that direction. Was was that Ignis? Sarah, you said something happened to Ari before you came here? He was, like, struck by an, an ice bolt or something, and he just went down? He may be in trouble. We should... We should keep following. The little boy? I guess we could see if he needs help. Oh, he definitely needs help. <laughs> he went down. He went down hard. There's there's a reason why we're all here. Why we have been brought here. Whatever is being shown to us, we should follow. And he starts walking towards the boy following the blue light. Yeah, we'll follow. I don't like this. I think we can see inside of the house as you all leave through the back door the cake on a cake stand in the middle of a kitchen now decorated to celebrate a birthday just tilted over and smashed against the table, cake broken and falling in all directions as the door closes. You step outside and look behind you and the house is now hundreds of yards away from you and you are standing among the tall grass. Ahead of you is a small copse of trees and then the ocean beyond it. Do I see any, like, tracks where the kid could have gone or anything? You can investigate mystery. Bam. Ooh. Ooh, that's boxcars. Okay. Plus one. Go ahead and hold two. Where did it go? Before you, in that copse of trees, you can see a pale, blinking blue light shifting in the undergrowth between the trees. You know, I think that is Ignis. Hey, uh, Ignis, you you there? There's no response. Uh, what is being concealed here? So you see the light growing stronger as it gets closer to you. It's still beyond you in this copse of trees, but it comes to the edge and you do see Ignis floating there. And then you see a young boy step out from the woods. He's wearing a ill-fitted child suit with a burgundy blazer. He's got a long, striped, multicolored scarf and a big, floppy hat on his head. And he lifts his hand to touch Ignis. And then he gets pulled into the copse of trees, into the undergrowth. And Ignis follows. Does everyone see that, or do I need to inform everyone? Everyone's... I mean, I imagine everybody sees that. Yeah. You just did the roll, so you see it first. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> so you said Ignis follows after him, so they, like, disappear? Into the woods, yep. Yeah, I guess I will just follow off into the woods, trying to follow behind. I would also. You all head into the woods, into these trees, and see if you are, or I should say you were a dryad. You know how to move through undergrowth, through trees like this. But it is difficult. As you go forward, the branches grow and bend to impede you as you head into this copse of trees looking for Ignis and this child. As every time you think you're near, the blue light is further away until you see the passage. Before you, in a small grove, there is an open passage. You see a child next to Ignis. You see a short man in a suit holding the child's hand. He leans down and says, We are your family now. 
don't like that. And him and the child step through the passage. You can all see Ignis just floating in front of the passage, waiting. Seed looks sad. What's happening here, Seed? This is, uh, this is the day that Ari became a dryad. Was that, was that good fellow? Yes. So that, that's, that was Ari. Yep. So this is a Christmas Carol situation. Does Ignis seem to, like, see us? Not that you've noticed. Can I try to, like, get in front of Iggy? Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're, Ignis is kind of cutting a path back and forth, and you stand in the way of it, and Ignis flies completely through you. Yep, saw that coming. <laughs> yeah, definitely a simulation. <laughs> All right, well, is the passage still there? Uh, the passage is still there, and it is open. Should we follow him? Does that one go into the future? At this point, your guess is as good as mine, Raymond. Well, I don't want to stick around this creepy house anymore, so uh, let's let's go try to help him. Are you sure about that? I mean, you want to stay here? <sighs> I mean, I'm still absolutely certain this is a simulation, so it feels like, <laughs> you know, we just need to keep going forward. Sounds about right. Well, what what could go wrong then? I guess I guess I will lead the way. Yeah, I follow. We see the three of you step through this passage as it closes behind you, leaving Ignis alone in the forest. I nod knowingly at Ignis towards Ignis on the way into the passage. The passage closes behind you. The trees become still and the wind stops completely. We see Ignis take off into the woods through these thick and coiled branches until they reach a small grove This grove is now cold and dead flowers surround a coffin in the center of solid ice. And we see Ari lifeless inside this ice coffin as Ignis flies around him. Welcome to Hello Shrimp and, and welcome Crits. Shrimp and Crits. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Dibs. Dibs. I said it first. I shotgun. am the winner. I did it. You have a shotgun? Put it down, Ian. Click, clack. <laughs> they have a child. <laughs> oh, my God. This took a turn for the worst. Uh, we want to thank you for listening to our show. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at Shrimp and Crits. Mm-hmm. And if you want to chat with us directly, you can find us on our channel in the Cast Junkie Discord. There is an invite link in every one of our show notes for each of our episodes. Yas. I'm doing the fun thing where I forgot to open the... Cool, the middle trail. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just dove in. We do, I, I wasn't prepared to just dive in. It's true. We did, it, sometimes I'm just like, I'm just going to press this button and we're going to see what happens, baby. Yeah. That's the sh- that's the energy our show needs. We were still in tiptoe mode, and then we just <laughs> just just hopped in there.
We've talked a lot recently about, you know, reviews and stuff, but I want to remind everyone that word of mouth is always the best way to get the word out about our show and any show. Tell your friends. It might even help if while you're telling your friends about our show, you're holding a mug with the Shrimp and Crits logo on it. That is a horrible, (laughs) horrible segue. You can find mugs and hoodies, laptop cases, stickers, tote bags, anything you need, pins on our Public store, which you can find through our link tree. Or if you're holding a baby with a onesie that says Shrimp and Crits on it. Which you can also find. Cap's like, you know that thing that Ian just said? I'm going to go ahead and say the opposite thing. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that. Buy our shit. (laughs) Allow me to introduce our promo for the week. (laughs) Thanks, Katie. It's, It's Deck of Many Aces, and that's at Deck of Many Aces. It's an actual play podcast made by actual arrows slash aces. And there's a new episode every other Friday. Shall we Shall we begin? Let's do it. Let's begin. Welcome. I'm Bastet. I'll be running your operation. The project's official name is the Adventurer's Research of Abnormal Civilian Experiences, or Project Arrowace for short, to investigate the unusual occurrences that have been happening everywhere recently. I've hired you all for your uh, indisputable military prowess. I'm going to be honest. I think we should run. Your academic expertise. I don't know. I'm not a wizard in real life. And your hands-on experiences. Tentacles! belong in the ocean! My name's Totia Atherdale. There is someone inside, and they are our responsibility. I am going in, if you wouldn't like to. You guys can stay, you guys can go back to the herd. But there's someone inside who needs our help, and I am going to go and help them. I am playing Morgan Serenity Aldridge. Uh, I am it. Is there a chance I could take a quick sample? Like, is there uh, like a... Can I have a scrap of fabric from your clothing, perhaps? Uh, and you too, Mr. Camarillas. That's a weird thing to ask somebody. It's not, it's for science. I am playing Raina Riftwood. Lying on the bed is actually Oscar Sterling, but he is far, far older than you remember him. You remember he should be like 25. This man is in his 90s. I probably should have asked this earlier, but um, how many years has it been since that day? I don't, I don't know. Raina, it's been 70 years. What happened to you? I'm playing Waralta Kelbeam, or as a more commonly known, uh, Delphinium or Delphi. I want to know how you found out about this particular opportunity and why you decided to join us. I'm afraid I'm not entirely sure. I was travelling with my father uh, along the way some events transpired. Afterwards, when I was back, I don't know how to describe it. I, I knew that this was happening or going to happen. By what? Premonition or? No. It was like the memory was always there. Can everyone please roll for initiative? <laughs> oh, I nearly cut so hard. <laughs> Deck of Many Aces is an actual play podcast made by an all-aromantic and asexual cast and crew. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to podcasts, releasing every other Friday. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Deck of Many Aces.
we're, we're rolling again. Hello and welcome. Are we, are we starting over? No, we no we're not starting over. That was a joke. <laughs> Hello and welcome. If you haven't already, you can rate and review us on the podcatcher of your choice. Give us those five stars. We eat them for breakfast with milk, and we drink the milk afterward, and it tastes vaguely like cinnamon. <laughs> That's gross. Also, uh, I just want to say, welcome to Spooky Month. If you're listening to this when it airs, it is October. We know you've never seen an October, so welcome. What? Oh. <laughs> Oh, fuck this podcast, I quit. <laughs> we release new episodes bi-weekly on Mondays, and the next episode will be out... October 18th! Ah, 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 ah. It'll be out October 18th. <laughs> Would you look at that? October 18th. We will scare you then! Boo. Depends on... <laughs> okay, that was too that scary. Was... Oh my god. <laughs> first thing that you notice is that you can hear your footfalls as you step through the passage this time, and your feet are met with hard soil and ancient floor tiles. Ahead of you stands a multiple-storied training facility hewn from a towering mountain range. See, this is familiar to you, though it's not a place you've seen for a long time. The FAE Dryad Training Facility is a masterwork amalgamation of magic and architecture. Tiered floors showcase such undertakings as hand-to-hand combat, weapons training, yoga, weightlifting, and gymnastics. What did the three of you do? I think I would just be looking around for signs of a young Ari, or possibly myself. Roll investigator, mister. Uh, ten. On a ten plus, hold two. Where did it go? Uh, specifically Goodfellow or specifically Ari? Um, Ari. Wonderful. You, the three of you are on one of the middle tiered rings of this building. And Seb, you take a step over to the railing to look for Ari. And you can see down a few floors in the center of a fighting pit. Ari stands going toe to toe with a satyr. What is it? Go- what was it going to do? Hmm. What are you looking for? He's looking for any signs of why they're being shown these particular moments in Ari's life. Okay. So the three of you, or Sarah and Ray, you head to the railing to see what Sieb is looking at, and you all see Ari sparring in this sand fighting pit surrounded by this ring of braided roots. And the three of you can see on the side of the ring, Sieb. You can see yourself standing there, Sieb, wearing a black suit, not as adorned in weaponry as you are now, standing next to that short man that brought Ari into the passage. More than that, Seeb, you can see that at this Seeb Tate's side, there is a hound, dark black with a deep purple brindle, sitting patiently at Agent Tate's leg. And just for a moment, you see its alert eyes dart in your direction, but the look is fleeting and it turns back to the fight in front of it. Oh man, if you... 
if if y'all like see each other, like you might disappear or something, or your kids will disappear. I've, I've seen this one. Need to stay away from you. <laughs> I don't think Seeb has children. Seeb, do you guys do see Seeb looking sadly, particularly at the dog? He's kind of lost in a reverie of his own. Was is that your partner? You could say that. Well, I mean, we know from Ignis flying through me that doesn't seem like they can see us. And you do notice that that trailing is nearly gone as you move your hands in front of you and you had heard your feet hit the ground when you got here. So you are slightly more tangible. But nobody has acknowledged you yet. Nobody has come up to you. Nobody has recognized Seeb. You just seem to be slightly out of phase with the rest of the world around you. Should we put a funny hat on him? Mm-hmm. Like those glasses with the nose and mustache? <laughs> yep. Where do we buy some of those right now? There's a gift shop right next to you that specifically sells <laughs> those things. I pull them out of my pocket. I just have had them the whole time. Is young Ari wearing his Halloween costume, or is this a completely different phase of his life? How old does Ari look? Ari looks to be in his early 20s, maybe 17, 18. Somewhere in there, it's hard to tell with dryads. Is he wearing a suit? He is not wearing a suit. He is not wearing a shirt. He is wearing sparring shorts, and his legs are wrapped. What are we supposed to do here? I still can't tell. Like, is there anybody close? There's nobody, like, close to us? There's a minotaur bench pressing pretty nearby. Ah, this turned out good last time. Good, good, good. (laughs) Ray would like to approach the minotaur. <laughs> you do that. Uh, excuse me. There's no response from the Minotaur. You, uh, can you see me? He finishes his set and sits up on the bench and spits at the ground in your direction. Ah, good. But he doesn't acknowledge you at all. I could, uh, I could use some help as to where we are. Hello? He gets up and walks away from you. Ray's gonna try to pick up the weights. That's a good idea. Roll me. Roll me act under pressure. That is ten. What are you trying to do? I'm just trying to pick up the weights just to see if I can interact with things here. So, Ray, you step behind the bench press and wrap your hands around the weight he was just using. And you lift, but you can't lift it high. You pull it up and it moves. It juts upward just a few inches and then drops through your hands, just clanging against the rack. You can see the Minotaur turn quickly behind him, thinking that his weights had just fallen over, and the weight rack is just kind of shaking after the thud. Oh god, are we dead? <laughs> I was literally about to ask if we were ghosts. For all intents and purposes, you guys are basically ghosts right now. Well... We're either we were either abducted by aliens and we're in a simulation <laughs> or we died in the car chase and we are now ghosts. Ray, Sarah, we are not in a simulation and we are <laughs> not ghosts. That sounds like someone who put us in a simulation would say. Don't pull me in with his crazy theories, man. <laughs> we are inside of the mind of your friend Ari, and we need to figure out how to help him or he and us could die. Your friend, not our friend. I see how it is, see. <laughs> who, 
Ari, is that you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm pissed. This is all a trap. A trap. (laughs) I was trying to appeal to their their connection to you to get them (laughs) to take this seriously. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Please continue. Can I use a regular trust your gut? Uh, I'm not the boss. Do it. You are the boss. (laughs) Oh, shit. Real trust your gut. If I fail, though, this is going to be off-railed really quickly. (laughs) Yep. Oh, it's a 10. I didn't fail. <laughs> so on a 10 plus, the keeper will tell you where to go. It will be important and you will get one plus one ongoing. You know that this is all surrounding what happened to Ari. The best place for you to be is as close to Ari as you can be. All right. I'm going to start walking towards Ari. I'm assuming that we need to maybe hear this conversation or something. Yeah, you all have to walk down a few flights of stairs to get there. You're a few stories, you're like three stories above him on these tiered oh, platforms, yeah. but it is not a difficult path. I I told them that in character. I think we need to hear what he's saying. When you all come out of, when you all come out of the stairway, you can see ahead of you Ari sparring with this 7-foot-tall horned goat-legged man. Hot. Ari is yeah. <laughs> They're both dripping in sweat. <laughs> you can all see Ari holding his own in this fight. He, for the first time you're seeing him not in his suit, you can see old wounds around his shoulders and on his back, similar to what you have after Ari healed your ribs, Sarah. You can see outlines of runes and scars on his back and on his shoulders. And as you all get closer, you hear this thud as Ari is hit hard in the abdomen and launched outside of the ring onto the cold floor in front of you. Ari stands up, he's holding his ribs, and he has a steady flow of fresh blood dripping from his cheek. The satyr then steps out of the ring and does offer him a hand to help him up, and you see Ari smile. Then he begins to communicate with the satyr in what looks to be something similar to sign language, but with gestures that are foreign to both you and Ray, Sarah. Does Seeb know the sign language? I'm sure. It would be taught to all FAE agents. What does it say? Uh, they are just formally congratulating each other on the fight, and the satyr says something along the lines of, you'll do better next time. I just say under my breath, pain pays the income of each precious thing. Excellent work, Crete. You'll make a fine agent yet. Go and prepare for your next bout. As for you, Ari, a round in the gauntlet will straighten you out. Hmm. Good fellow. A moment's rest, please. You can see good fellow gesture towards Ari. (sighs) Oh, what fools these mortals be. You see him make these delicate gestures with his fingers as Goodfellow conjures a rune onto Ari's forehead. The better part of valor is discretion. The better part of valor is discretion. You hear them both say simultaneously. And you see Ari stand up, no longer paying any mind to his injuries. And he leaves through a passage at the far end of the room. You see Goodfellow and Seeb turn and make their way towards a door on the far wall. Goodfellow opens it, leading Sieb and his companion inside. 
and beyond the door you can see a gazebo, lonely and imposing amongst a verdant jungle. Before entering his office, Goodfellow turns in your direction. Well, must I persuade you too? And he gestures towards the passage and then closes the door behind him. I mean, that's... that's Goodfellow. That's the guy y'all are so bent up about. He's tiny. His power is greater than you could know. Hmm. Did he just talk to us? So far, no one's been able to see me from what I can gather, but... He did look straight at us. I mean, that... that felt direct. I guess let's keep going. I don't like this. Ray. Oh, good. (laughs) Ray, I've made a custom move for when you step into the gauntlet, and I want you to roll plus weird. Okay. That is ten. Wonderful. This move is called Whispers from the Wild. The gauntlet carries with it memories of each FAE agent who passes through it. When you travel into the trials, roll plus weird. On a ten or more, you access the memory from a past FAE agent involving something important. On a seven to nine, you view a hazy vision about something important, and on a miss, the gauntlet senses your hesitation and makes things difficult. And you got a ten? I got a ten. Excellent. So as you pass through this passage, you are surrounded by images of memories that are not your own. You can see what seems to be underwater, and somebody is tied there, struggling, in danger. And you can see a rune glow in the water before you, as these threads around this creature, this horned creature with hooves, they start to shred and the satyr's free from whatever was binding it underwater, and it begins to swim up. You, you can see Ari. He's atop this tall platform, and he jumps off feet first. And the memory ends, and you can see it again, and he's older, and he, he jumps in in a well-executed dive from this platform. And you see vision after vision of Ari diving off of this platform, and you see vision after vision of Ari breaching the top of this water. Gasping for air, you see Ari sinking beneath the water into the darkness, lifeless. You see countless versions of this event over and over again. And then you're there, you're standing on a platform on four wooden posts jutting out of a placid crimson lake. It's swaying beneath you as you are at least 200 feet in the air above this lake. And beyond it, you can see endless forests of the wild extending out in every direction. What do you do? Tell me. Uh, How big is this plank that I'm on? Uh, Let's say it's like a uh, five by five square. And you are about 200 feet above this crimson lake on these tall almost shaking now that your weight is touching them platforms oh dang a ray drops to his like belly mm-hmm. and is just holding onto the side peeking over <laughs> that's exactly what i would do <laughs> <laughs> i'm very scared of heights yeah i think a little uh a bit of this wood drops off as you lean over and you see it fall and just splash into the red liquid beneath you and we're all here nope just you bud Y'all, uh, y'all, y'all see this? Uh, y'all, Sarah, see? Oh, dang. I really hate the wild. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, I mean, Ray doesn't really have anything else he would do right now. I think he's literally just going to sit here looking down for a little bit. I mean, you could read a bad situation or something. Yeah. Would you like to read a bad situation? I Yes, I would like to read a bad situation. I'm trying not to ask well, things. Wow, you just said I'm going to sit here and wait. That doesn't really entice <laughs> yeah. me to say roll read a bad situation. <laughs> Usually it's like, I want to look for a way down, or... <laughs> um, that's a nine. You get to hold one. Uh, what's my best way out? Good question. You've got a clear image when you moved through this passage. You saw what Ari had to do every time he awoke here. He had to leap. Oh. <laughs> Dang. Is Ray Ray afraid of heights and I didn't know? I mean, he's from very, very flat Florida. That's true. Never very, 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 good very flat Florida. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. This is all a simulation. And Ray Ray will jump. <laughs> yeah, act under pressure. That is... Because you seem nervous. If you were confident, I wouldn't have made you roll. Nine. Excellent. Are you a proficient diver, Ray Ray? Yeah, I'd say so. Actually, I mean, he just jumped off a bridge, so this is actually pretty fresh in his mind. Sure. (laughs) You leap from the top of this platform, and the sheer force of you in gator form jumping off of it pushes the platform back, and you do hear snapping of wood. It doesn't quite fall, but you hear that snap of one of the beams as you jump. Let's see. Worst outcome, hard choice, a price to pay. That's fun. Here's what I'm going to do for you. You hit the water hard. When this platform pulled out from underneath you, it threw off your dive, and you land hard on your back as you hit this red lake. As you come to your senses underwater and the bubbles start to fade, you look at your hands and they are human. Uh. And much more than that, ahead of you in the murky red liquid, you see Peg and you see Rooster, and they are both tied to heavy weights against the bottom of this lake. Oh, good. They are writhing and gasping, breathing in water, and when they see you, their eyes ignite. What do you do? Uh, I will quickly make my way to Peg first. She's just writhing in these bonds as you come near her, trying to get free. I would like to try to free her. How are you going to do that? Uh, Do I have Stella? You do? Yeah, I would like to take out Stella, try to cut them loose. Roll me act under pressure. That's a seven. You pull Stella out and start to saw at these ropes holding Peg in place. And you're able to get through them, and she starts to get her arms free and her legs free and starts to swim up towards the top of the lake. And as you bring your hand back to you, you notice attached to it is this five-inch-long worm on your hand. Oh, that's awful. And you feel this shock ring through you as it bites into your hand, and you're going to take two harm, ignore armor. All right. You see Rooster look at the worm and look at you and look at the worm and look at you and look at Stella and start his eyes start to like roll back in his head. I'm not even worried about the worm right now. Well, is he's like taking up he's like wrapped around my hand. Is it the one that I- it's just like imagine it's stuck to the back of your hand. Its mouth is biting onto the back of your hand. 
imagine, if you will, a worm biting onto your hand. <laughs> yeah. So I can still use my hand, technically? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I'm actually just going to try to no limits rip rooster out. Mm, roll no limits. Oh, wow. That's bad. Uh-oh. That's snake eyes. Mm, and I, I don't recommend you guys use a luck here, but Steve, I am going to give you one luck. Yeah. Because you don't um, typically get them. I, I'm, I'm kind of out of the luck zone anyway, so yeah. Mm -hmm. What what will you read me? Would you read me what happens on a failure of no limits? On a miss, something goes horribly wrong. <laughs> wow, so much room for activities in this failure. So, here's what goes horribly wrong. You tear through these ropes holding Rooster in place and put your arm around Rooster and start to swim up towards the top of the lake and you look down and there are just a swath of these worms swimming their way towards you. The one on your hand bites you once again. You're going to take two harm as you feel a chill run down your spine and the liquid around you begins to get colder. Uh, I'm going to try to heal that last bite. Yeah, let's see it. Let's hope it doesn't do worse. Is it cold right now to a point where I need to act under pressure to use my move? Mm, yeah. Yeah, okay. So this is to use the move. That is double sixes. That'll do it. Now roll your healing. Okay, so now I will heal. That is a seven. So I will heal two. So as you head towards the top of the lake with Rooster in hand, you see him start to fade into unconsciousness as he cannot hold his breath any longer. As your body begins to heal, the bite of that worm releases. As your skin heals around its mouth, it doesn't have anything to grip onto, and it falls below you as you swim higher, kind of connecting with the rest of its group coming towards you. And you, you hit the top of this lake, and it is frozen solid above you. You can see Rooster barely clinging for life in your arms, and you can see in the shadow of the sun above the wild, Peg, with everything she can banging on the frozen ice above you. I would like to try to break through the ice. It's going to be real difficult. Uh, I'm going to give you your cold negatives, and you can roll uh, no limits. Okay. So uh, this is acting under pressure to use it. Eight. You can break through this ice right now, but you need your other arm, so you are going to have to drop Rooster. Or you can try it with one arm, but it's going to take some time since you're swimming and one arm is occupied by Rooster. Uh, I will drop Rooster. I'm breaking it real quick and grabbing him. Okay. Okay. Uh, no limits. You release Rooster and these worms begin to swarm him beneath you. Roll no limits. That is very good. A 14. That'll do it. You don't have advanced, do you? No. Okay. So we can see from the now above the lake, the ice shatter upward, knocking Peg onto her back and away from the hole. And do you pull yourself up? Uh, no, I go grab Rooster. You swim deeper to find Rooster, and he is in a bad way. He is. There are 
at least 15 worms on him, pulling him deeper and biting, and you can see his body twitch with every time they shock him. Yeah, I just want to grab him and get him out of the water. Okay. You pull yourself through the hole at the top of the lake and pull Rooster out. Some of these worms fall off onto the ice. Some of them are still stuck to him. But the three of you are atop the ice. What do you do? I will pull these worms off of Rooster. So you go and you start pulling these worms, each of them kind of taking a small chunk of Rooster in their mouth with him, with them as, as you pull them off. And as you pull the last from his arm, his entire body sinks and falls into a pile of these worms. It is just an undulating mass of these worms in front of you, and you're holding one in your hand that you just pulled off. Uh, I quickly look at Peg. What's, what's happening, Ray? And she just falls into a pile of these worms. This ain't real. This ain't real. This ain't real. And with that, you can feel the soft breeze from an open passage on the edge of the lake. I will run to the passage. You step through. Sarah, I'm going to need you to roll weird for my whispers from the wild move. Oh, I'm great at weird. I know you are. I've been waiting for this moment. That's a plus nothing. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a five total. Sarah, mark experience. That feels weird to say. I failed? It's a failure? Have you played this game before (laughs) anything under a six is a failure? I forgot to mark experience. Where the fuck did my pencil go? Oh, there it is. I only failed once, Mm -hmm. right? Did you fail? Oh, yeah, you did. You failed once. On a miss, the gauntlet senses your hesitation and makes things difficult. Oh. Starting great. I thought this was like a roll to see like what scenario I get put into or some shit. Nope. Like I read before, this is called Whispers from the Wild. The gauntlet carries with it memories of each FAE agent who has passed through it. When you travel into the trials, roll plus weird. Oh, yes. On a miss, the gauntlet senses your hesitation and makes things difficult. Sarah. There are very few bridges in your past that you can fully recollect, but you know this one. Of course. You know every intricate detail. You're back in Tallahassee, standing on the bridge where your father was killed. A chill drifts through the air and causes the hair on your body to raise and bristle. This wind coming up from the deep gorge beneath the bridge bellows and groans as the bridge rumbles gently beneath your feet. The water below is deep and it's dark. It's churning and violently crashing on the distant shores. And you can see your father, Daniel, standing on the edge, gazing far off into the horizon. And you can see Helen, stepping towards him, something silhouetted in hand. She swings, and you hear the impact, similar to a champagne cork popping but intensified to a jarring cacophony. Daniel, your father, goes limp and falls into the murky canal below. What do you do? I'm going to try to tackle Helen. Yes, you can. Is Are you trying to do damage to her? Are you trying to kick her ass? Yeah, I'm trying to take her down. All right, roll kick some ass. Like detainer, like a police officer. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Wow, that's an 11. You get to choose an extra effect on a 10 plus. Oh, wait, I had... Is it too late now? I had plus one forward for my what could go wrong. So that would make it a 12, because I haven't rolled since then. Okay. Can I use that? 
Sure. I'm not going to stop you. So on a 12 plus, instead pick an enhanced effect. Well, I guess your attack inflicts double the normal harm, but I have a feeling this is not normal. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, without even thinking, Sarah, you just go in to tackle Helen as she's looking over the bridge. And you take her to the ground and you just hear a crack as her head hits the pavement as you tackle her. And you can see blood pooling beneath her as you kind of sit up on top of her and she does not move. And then you are there again, standing on the bridge. And you can see your father, Daniel, standing on the edge, gazing far off into the horizon. And you can see Helen Great. stepping towards him. Something silhouetted this in hand. Great. She fantastic. swings, and you hear the impact, similar to a champagne cork popping, but intensified to a jarring cacophony. <sighs> Daniel, your father, goes limp and falls into the murky canal below. What do you do? <laughs> this is so dark. I'm so sorry. <laughs> God damn it. Well, it seems like no matter what I do, this is going to repeat. And Sarah's going to end up in a little ball in the fetal position on the floor. That happens to the best of us. Um, I guess this time I'll try to approach her. Yep, she's just standing there, looking over the edge after your father falls into the water. Why? You yell at her, Sarah, and you see her slowly turn and look at you, and there's recognition on her face. And she opens her mouth to speak to you, and then... You can see your father, Daniel, standing on the edge, gazing far off into the horizon, and the scene resets itself again. You see her swing, you hear the impact, and your father falls. But she recognized me. So it seems. Can I attempt to stop her? Sure. What do you do? I'm just going to try to grab whatever's in her hand. Roll act under pressure. If I'm close enough at this point where it's resetting... That's a 10. I haven't rolled anything lower than a 10. So what are you doing here? You succeed. What is it? What does it look like? Are you trying to like grab it as she swings it? Yeah, I'm, I'm literally like grabbing her arm as she tries to swing. As this scene resets again, you immediately take off as she's walking towards your father and she raises her arm to swing and you grab it and she turns her head and looks at you. With that look of recognition, and your father turns, and he looks at you, Sarah. He begins to say your name, Sarah. And then it resets once again. (laughs) Helen steps towards him, something silhouetted in her hand. Can I still see the passage? Like, is it still there? Nope. This bridge extends as far as you can see in every direction, and it is miles above the water. (sighs) This is fun. (laughs) I mean, I'm having fun. This is fun. This is a fun puzzle. (laughs) I mean, my next thought is to tackle my dad instead, and we both go over the bridge before he gets hit. You see her walking towards your father. What do you do? All right, I'm going to put myself as a shield Then I think you just need to roll protect someone. Let's see what happens. That's a failure. (laughs) Of course it is. Mark experience. 
Congratulations. Sarah, you see your father, Daniel, standing on the edge, gazing far off into the horizon, and you see Helen stepping towards him, something silhouetted in hand, and you run, and you put yourself in between Helen and your father, and she swings, and you can see her, and Sarah, this is you. You are looking at yourself, except you have red goat eyes, and you are smiling from ear to ear. And then you hear the impact, and Sarah, you go limp, and you fall into the murky water below. See, you tumble out of this passage as it closes behind you, and you are surrounded by a burnt-out forest. I don't need to roll? Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. I forgot how to play the game. (laughs) Roll me weird for the Whispers of the Wild. Ooh, I rolled a seven. You gaze a hazy vision about something important. Seb, you do not see Ari in this vision. You are inundated with images of your past, of your time in the FAE. Many of these memories you truly do not remember. What stands out to you the most is your companion. You see your purple brindled black hound at your side, and we see glimpses of you two fighting together, and you see yourselves at rest in the FAE facility, but you are just overwhelmed with fond memory of your companion. And you tumble from this passage and you find yourself in a burnt-out forest. Everything around you is completely still. There's no birdsong, no small critters in the underbush, no leaves to rustle in the wind. There is only ash. What are you doing? Is my dog beside me? He is not. Are there, are there any cinders? Is it, does it seem like it recently was burning? Roll me a read a bad situation. Got a dang and a three. That's four... Plus one is five. That's a failure. And that is when the whispers start. And you can hear a voice that you are very familiar with. You can hear the devil of Taytel. You can hear Goodfellow. And you can hear Ari. And you can hear Sarah and Ray. But above all, you can hear the devil. And they intensify and grow overwhelming. I'm, I'm not ready. You're still weak. I, it's okay. Real. I can't. I can't. I can't beat him. These burnt tree trunks around you start to bend and wrap your arms and tangle around your legs, beginning to entrap you. And you can see looming in front of you, forming from the shaken-up ash around you, the Devil of Taytel. The Devil is not alone, as you can see them devouring your companion in front of you. Are you familiar with the painting Saturn Devours His Son? No. This is what it looks like, and this is what you see in front of you. But it's the Devil of Taytel and your dog, obviously. No, Major. Not again, I can't. I can't lose you again. Never again. What do you do? I draw the sword and try as hard as I can to get to Major and get him out of this thing's maw. These 
branches are not strong holding you down. They are burnt and charred, and you can break out of them. I need you to roll. Kick some ass. Could I argue for protect someone trying to protect the dog? Because it's emotional? Yes. But you know that this dog is beyond protecting, as True. he is currently True. being devoured. I also, I also said the name of the move that I'm trying to trigger, which is never again. Yeah, you did. You did say that. Uh, I'm, tra- <laughs> I'm trying to protect someone without rolling as if I'd roll a 10, but I may not choose to suffer little harm. Okay. What does this look like? Um, I draw the sword and I stab it into the devil's mouth and just try and use it as a wrench to uh, to pry the dog's, you know, body out of this thing's mouth. You can see the runes on the sword glowing purple. And as those runes ignite, you cut through the fingers of this devil and pry Major from its jaws, though Major is past the point of help. And you stand between your companion and this devil. You cannot escape your fate. And with that, the devil's body begins to turn into ash and fall to the side, starting with its lower body into its chest. It all goes gray and begins to flake off and fall to the ground beneath it, leaving its horned, goat-eyed head last as it shrivels and turns gray and dissipates into ash. As you collect yourself for a moment, this world around you begins to shake. At first, gentle rumbles, and then you can hardly stand its shaking so intensely, and the ground begins to open in this maw. And you can see beneath you opening up is the mouth of this beast of the Devil of Tate's Hell, wide open and trying to swallow you. What do you do? Um, What happened to the body of the dog? It's with you. You're standing in front of it. But the mouth is opening up beneath me? Like the floor or the ground beneath you is just starting to split and open, and you can see the teeth of this devil. I'd like to jump, just leap as far away from this opening hole in the ground as possible while carrying Major's body with me. Uh, and I, I'm going to take a page out of Ari's book. I'm going to say this is sort of a dryad mainstay. I'm going to draw runes on my shoes before I do this and uh, try and do something beyond limitations and get away super fast. Uh, so roll me use magic first if you're going to draw your runes. Eleven. You do that. You quickly bend down and chalk runes that glow purple onto your sneakers and the top or the bottom of your pant leg. You are able to lift up the dog over your shoulder and you begin to run. Romy, act under pressure to escape this falling earth beneath you. Okay. You're not a searcher. You don't get to use weird, do you? Nope. <laughs> and I fail. Well, uh, what's, what's the word? It's uh, not ironically, but when you fail, act under pressure, things go to hell. Love that. And you begin to run and this mouth opens further and further You cannot escape the crumbling earth beneath you as we see you and Major with one last jump from a charred stump into the air, but the ground opens too fast beneath you and you fall into blackness.
you all awaken, and you are... I think the first thing you hear is people. They're far away, but you can hear them, and you recognize your surroundings. You're in the infirmary. You're in the public top floor of the infirmary. Sarah, Ray, and Sieb, you are all there. And do you feel home, Ray? Uh, I will open and go down to the basement. You lift the rubber matting to go into the bottom floor, and there is no trap door there. The hell? From the side of the room, out of a boombox, you hear, Welcome back to the only Gullicochica station that plays a full hour of music. Remember that on 97.1, the DJ's Don Say Jack. And you hear blasting out of the boombox, Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. God damn it. Major, I can't, I can't believe I lost you again. None of, none of it's real, man. This ain't real. Sarah's just shaking. Roll read, read about situation, Ray Ray. I failed. That's a six. <laughs> cool. This music is just blaring behind you, Ray Ray. You hear Ice Ice Baby just booming from the corner of this room out of this boombox, and you see Sieb in tears, just mumbling to himself. Sarah is shaking in the center of the room, and you hear, you hear someone yelling, and then with a crash, the wall of the infirmary bursts open, and through the wall you see Ari, now laying in a pile of rubble, wearing his suit. His eyes are closed, and as the smoke clears from this wall coming down, you see Loretta in her full monstrous form with the most angry look you have ever seen on her face. some bird noises like Goodfellow's office. Ah, ding, ding, ding. Ah, there it is. Look ah, for that spark. Ah, <laughs> Just like that. Tweet, tweet, hornier, tweet. though. Do it hornier. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Asked and answered. Thank you. <laughs> and delivered. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I hate being the keeper. That's the blooper. There it is. <laughs> 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 yeah, you might be right on that one.